0: From South Los Angeles to Washington, D.C., and many points in between, this is Political Talk on AnnenbergRadio.org and Neontommy.com. I'm Max Schwartz with Katie Gregg and Jenna Knight. Today on Political Talk, the Affordable Care Act. The exchanges are open and people will soon have affordable health coverage. Denise Guerra is here to discuss the major changes. The government shutdown. We are into the third day as the partisan gridlock in Washington continues. The next phase of the Affordable Care Act has kicked in. The health care exchanges are open, which means people can sign up for affordable insurance plans which take effect January 1st, 2014. The health care exchanges will remain open despite the government shutdown. Just so people know, the federal government is running exchanges in 34 states for at least the opening year. Now we have our guest contributor, Denise Guerra, whose beat for the semester is health care to discuss health care and students and the, how the two are coming together with, under the Affordable Care Act.
1: Hi, Max. So for um, for student health, I was really interested as a student, how does this affect me, especially since I'm over 26 and I'm about to graduate. Um, as you know, the part of the Affordable Care Act, which um, says that um, children that are under 26 can continue to be on their parents' plan, um, that's kicked in way before um the exchanges have happened. So a lot of these changes have already taken effect. So your student health insurance in your college or even here at USC, they've already planned for the changes um, last year. So you're, you're already seeing um, benefits and certain um, uh, services that are now um, not out of pocket. So like mammograms and different um, uh, tests for diseases, Um, you don't have to pay an extra fee for that when before um, you would have to pay an extra fee.
0: And you'll also be able to, and students all over and anyone, not even if you're a student, will be able to buy healthcare on any one of the 50 state exchanges.
1: Yeah. And what I've found is that pretty much your, your, your health insurance options are now you have more of them so and to look at costs and (laughs) as a student if you're under 26 you can either stay on your parents plan you can use the school's health insurance or if you want to you can go on the health exchange and buy your own insurance Mm
0: -hmm. and for those in California it's covered California and the the official website will be open soon but right now it's covered California I believe dot org now we're going to ask a question and open up the discussion for Katie Gregg and Jenna tonight along with Denise Guerra and that is what do you think of the changes brought about by the Affordable Care Act? Let's kick it off with Katie.
2: Um, so I think that um, so far, I mean the changes have been beneficial. Uh, I mean, it's nice that everyone can get more coverage. Um, and as Denise said, you know we can uh, have certain tests that we weren't that we would have had to pay additional fees um, for. So I, I mean, I think it's
0: so you're in favor of the changes that we've seen taking place so um,
2: far. I mean, I'm just saying what I think some of the positive changes have been.
0: That implies that you believe there are some negative changes? What do you believe those are?
2: Well, I I mean, I just, as you know, I don't support um, the Affordable Care Act.
0: Why don't you tell the story that you talked about at the end of, after last week's episode? (laughs)
2: Okay. Okay. So, when I lived in London, um, I was like four or five, um, and... I went, my mom was pregnant with my little brother, and so we went to the hospital, and um, we were actually in the private section of the hospital, because we were going to pay extra, um, so that my mom wouldn't have to have labor in the public section, which we found was in a a horrible state, um, because we went, the bathroom was in the public section um, that we went to, and it was really just a horrible sight, like. It was nasty women in the halls walking through the public section were having babies in the halls with no medicine or anything. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was kind of my experience with the public health care in London. I'm glad you,
0: I'm glad you used the word public. And I want to make this very clear. There is no government hand in. Healthcare in that regard, because we do not have a public option. The Republicans were adamant about not having a public option, and because of the election of Scott Brown from Massachusetts to the United States Senate, Nancy Pelosi had to push through the Senate bill, which was which did not involve a a public option. And we we have the mandate, which we'll go into in a little bit. And the mandate is essentially forcing people to buy health insurance from the existing insurance companies. But Jenna, did you have something you wanted to say on that?
2: Well,
3: um, just like that, you were saying that we don't have public health insurance. Like it is a universal, I guess, more so would be the correct term that we would want to use. It's
0: only universal because there's the government mandate and people have to do it. But I'm I'm
3: just saying it's like since it's not public
2: per se, it's that's ours. We're not
0: going to have the same issues that or we're not going to have. We're not in the exact same situation as our allies across the pond are.
2: Could you explain to me what what exactly do you mean by public just that it's a government uh, program?
0: Yes, it's not. It's there's not a single payer plan right. where, like right. Medicare, and it's not in any. The government doesn't pay for it.
2: Okay, think now. Right, and yeah. do you think that maybe in the future the government it will become a single player because pan- there's a payer?
3: Because if
0: more, I think uh, I think ultimately that's the one of the best forms of. I think
2: healthcare. it will lead to that. I think that you know this is a step in that direction, which a lot of people oppose. I kinda, Denise, I kind of think that right now we're like there's a lot of speculation on what
1: it could do, and we still haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure there's other plans like or other plans like this anywhere else. Um, and so it is kind of a great test to see if it'll help or not. Um, I know for myself I there was a period before Obamacare took a, in effect when I graduated and I couldn't be on my parents' plan, so I was at, without health insurance. I did be as healthy as I could be. But God forbid I like tripped. It would have been like thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. out of my pocket. And now I'll be able now that I have health insurance, I can I can fall whenever I want. (laughs) And
0: bankruptcy and bankruptcy due to health insurance costs is still the largest is one of the largest, if not the largest reason for people to go into bankruptcy. But you talk about. You talk about all these things and it brings up very it brings up points I want to talk about, which are the health care cost in this country since the Affordable Care Act. Some have said it's just coincidence. I will let that up to our I'll leave that to our viewers what they want to believe. They have increased less in the last year than they have in previous years in this in the two thousands. And we're gonna go into this more tomorrow and I'll talk about it. I'll explain that later why. And also we have people already seeing the benefits of the Affordable Care Act, such as we already have the hospital readmission fine. We have people younger than the age of 26 that are able to stay on their parents' health insurance plan until they're 26. And as of January 1st, we'll see that there are no caps for people with disabilities. And because you're disabled, you'll no longer be dropped from your insurance coverage.
1: And by the way, you have the um, pre- if you have a pre-existing condition, you can't be
2: denied health insurance. Yes, uh, so I have a question. You say that the health insurance uh, price has gone down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not
0: that they've necessarily gone down. And thank you. Let me correct that. It's that they have not increased as much as, as much as they have
2: for, for the, just this year, the country this year, though, or for families or, like, in the
0: country, overall health care costs have improved, have increased less than they have in previous years.
2: Though,
1: Max, I would like to add that USC's insurance did increase from last year to this year.
0: That's one mm-hmm. case out of many. And that's again. That's I. We'll, we'll again. We'll go into that tomorrow on. It might the hot be seat. one
3: case, but it is for a university full of thousands of young. That's people, true, but you're not
0: mandated to go on the university insurance plan if you have a plan that beats what the coverage that's provided by Aetna's university plan you do not have yeah, to have I know the i'm aetna not plan. On it.
1: i'm not on the university
3: yeah plan. so it's just i think it just should be more accessible for you
1: know thousands of all, students that are on this campus not all students can get on their parents plan
0: that's very true and if you want to go on the exchanges i'm sure that will also end up being cheaper be cheaper than the aetna plan and i there's many reasons for that which again we'll explain tomorrow um and I, I want to one going back to the mandate. Something we've talked about is that most people don't understand that the mandates needed to offset the cost of all the sick people that will go on that will get now have insurance. I don't think we have any debate about that. But one thing that there is a possible debate out over is, and I don't understand why, is the glitches that the exchanges have had in the last few days. And I personally see it as a good problem because they've had glitches because there have been too many people on the website.
3: Yeah. And everyone's like very like eager and like getting on it to sign up, which I think is a great sign that people are being so responsive and like responsible. But I mean, the truth of the matter is we do all have to go on and sign up before January 1st if we don't want to be penalized.
2: Yeah. But I mean, I think that's you know, we've got what like 60 days before then. Like I think that. Within that time constraint, people are going to be able to oh, go totally. go sign up. I don't think that the glitches are going to be an issue. I think that'll get sorted out. Yeah, I don't think people should be concerned
1: no. about that at all.
0: I I agree with that.
1: And I also think it's probably been overreported a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah,
0: I mean the thing that hasn't been reported is that in the first hour and a half, they the New York Exchange had over 2 million visitors, but one thing, Jenna brings up the issue about having to, the mandate to buy health insurance, and right. it sounds like mm-hmm. from the connotation and from the tone of your voice, it seems like you have a little bit of an issue with that, and why is it a problem that our government is trying to make people be healthy?
3: Well, well I don't think that that's a problem, and I don't think I don't think it's, whatever, I, I understand that we, yeah, we're, we are trying to be healthy inadvertently through providing health care, mm-hmm. but I just... I mean, I know that for for families that are making um well what is it families of four that are making less than ninety four thousand a year, their health care will be subsidized, correct with tax credits
0: many peop many different groups will have subsidies with tax credits
3: right well, i just I think that ultimately katie Katie and I were talking about this earlier um I think that you know if if businesses stop providing health care then for their employers because they're going to be saving a lot of money if they do stop, then more people are going to be going to get their own health care individually. And it's obviously going to become like an expense that people didn't really have to worry about before because it's like a lot of times people have health care within their business. Um, So then I think that if we're seeing an increase of people having to go off on their own to buy um, individual health care for themselves and their family and whatnot, I think that we're ultimately going to end up having a, quote, single-payer p- pa- plan. Um, I got- will
0: say, I will say though, that some of these people will be able to have health insurance for cheap, and again, I, it should, people should be happy about f- being forced to buy health insurance because then they're not out of thousands well, of dollars if something happens, but also also <sighs> some people that have to pay is being part of their employer with health plans, and then we gotta soon get off this topic, but some people, it will be cheaper for them to go on the exchanges.
2: Well, I'd just like to say that um, Obama actually didn't support the mandate um, when he was talking about, I think to Ellen, I think he was on the Ellen show or something, and he compared it to forcing everyone to buy a house. And that would stop the issue of being homeless. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's funny. Like, now he has to defend this well, manic system, which I it. see. I see it's necessary for, um, you know, providing health care to the people who are sick uh, prior to buying health care. Um, but I just know that a lot of people don't really like that, don't like being forced to buy the pa- plan or pay... Um, for a penalty, for not buying it.
0: I will say in response to that, and I'm not being partisan, I'm being completely honest, if Republicans let him have a single-player plan, we, they wouldn't have had the mandate in the first place. This is essentially Romney care on a larger scale.
2: Well, that, I mean...
0: So, there's um, not, there. I mean, I, I can understand where President Obama is coming from. And with that, because it is now, we are coming, uh, we are in the latter half of our show, we are going to move to our second topic, which is the government shutdown relating to the health care, which I will get into the, we are in the third full day of the government shutdown, and we got here, for those that don't know, because Congress couldn't pass a budget for fiscal year 2014 or a continuing resolution which would have kept funding the same as it was for fiscal year 2013. House Republicans want a delay of, uh, on the implementation of the Affordable Care Act. That is the truth. It is really only the Republicans. But the Democrats won't budge on the issue because they claim it is legislation that was passed and reaffirmed by the Supreme Court, and also President Obama won his reelection. And this is obviously partisan gridlock as is as at its worst. So let me start this for all of you. We'll go around the circle, starting with Jenna this time. How long do you think this will last?
3: Honestly, I don't know, because since, as you said, both sides are kind of being really like stubborn, which, you know, rightfully so, because it's some it's the issues that they believe in. They don't want to back down. And like, I know that, um, you know, Barack Obama doesn't want to back down from what like him, like him and the Democrats believe and want because. It just like they don't want to let like Republicans essentially bully them, which is, I know, like what like they has been kind of said in this week. Um, I don't know though how, I mean, I don't know how long it'll really take. I mean, I know the government is so spending that, so, literally billions of dollars a week.
0: Yes, we're, we're our, the current figure is, I'm going to see if I wrote it down, <laughs> we are. We have the current figure at $1.6 a week, approximately right. $12.5 million an hour. But I want to go back, and you, you talk about how it's both sides being unhappy. I will say that this morning on President Obama's speech at a construction plant in Rockwell, Maryland, that he essentially blasted Speaker Boehner for being the weakest speaker in the House Yeah. because this is one faction of one party controlling one half of one branch of government that is shutting down the entire government, as President Obama said. But I don't understand why you say it's the Democrats being the ones that aren't willing to budge, because the Democrats shouldn't have to budge, given that this is law. I'm not saying that the Democrats aren't willing
3: to budge. I'm saying that both parties are just having, they're very headstrong with their beliefs, and neither of them are willing to give up what they want. And I think that since we do have, what is it, a Democrat, um,
0: Democratic Senate and a Republican Republican House. House.
3: I think that since there's like there's obviously very strong headbutting there and some like we both need the both parties need to work together if we want to end the shutdown.
2: Yeah I have to say I'm really really disappointed um, with the lack of you know collaboration between the Republicans and the Democrats. Um, I think it's it's just disheartening that they won't you know get together and talk. I saw earlier today um, Senator Rand Paul was talking about, you know, trying to get um, people together, Democrats and Republicans, to just like have coffee, talk, um, you know, try to work together and figure it out. And he was saying that a couple of Democrat representatives were interested um, and maybe just casually talking about it, trying to find solutions. um, But they were scared that it would look like they were, you know, being weak. Um, so they were kind of refusing to do that. Uh, and I think it's a job of our representatives to be able to work together. Like mm-hmm. our, I'm just so disappointed that it's come to this, we're so like split, you know, Yeah. I think it's a really big issue.
0: And I will say on those notes, um, I have multiple points of discussion to bring up one. There is no I in Kumbaya and that has been said, <laughs> that has been said before about President Obama and the Democrats willing to work, but I think in this case it works with the Tea Party because that's the one faction that's trying to con- run the show here. And as President Obama said this morning, and as the Huffington Post reported, I believe there are 20 Democrats, 19 or 20, or 19, I'm sorry, 19 or 20 Republicans in the House who are willing to end this shutdown. Which, combined with the Democratic votes, would allow the House to pass a continuing resolution, a clean resolution, which means no added appropriations. Plus, and the Senate would obviously pass it, the President would be able to sign it. But Speaker Boehner refuses to let it come up to a vote counter that.
2: Oh, Oh, hey, Max. Um... Oh, well, you know
1: what I say, you know, we elect you to run the government, (laughs) not not to run the government. So take that. (laughs) And with that, the fact that Congress is
3: still being paid while, you know, many other nationally employed citizens and like national parks and, you know, everything that is national. um, the fact that everything is being shut down and, like, those people aren't being paid while Congress is being paid because of their lack of uh, – their inability to, you know, just sit down together and decide. Yeah, I mean, it's
2: hard because it's like you th- they should be paid because right. they're working on it. They're the ones who are trying to – But, they're to resolve them. but yeah. then they're not figuring out anything. So it's like, well, that's not fair no. that they're being paid and no and one – And, like, you know. yeah.
0: I'm all, I'm all for that. I disagree with the way that this is being handled – in the terms of congressional K okay, I I will say, though, that the military is being paid. There was, res- mm-hmm. there was legislation passed on that. I use right. legislation in quotes. But the one thing I do, ha- I'm going to blast for Democrats here, too. And that is, I have an issue with the fact that Nancy Pelosi got defended when asked the question, or got defensive when asked the question, should she be being paid for all of this? And we're winding down on time here, but I have a few more things I'd like to discuss. Mm-hmm. And that is, wh- what do you think about, well, m- let me preface that by saying the Labor Department's economic... E- the labor Department's jobs numbers, which are supposed to come out on Friday tomorrow, mm-hmm. the October the 4th, is one of the world's greatest economic indicators on about the economy, which in this case would be about how we're recovering from the government or from the Great Recession, the global recession. And without that we will no longer we will not have that because the labor department of obviously the furloughs. And so my question to you is how do you, what do you think the reaction on Wall Street will be?
2: Um, I think it's gonna be a pretty slow day on Friday I think normally um, Slow day in terms of what in terms of the stock slow market up. I mean I think in terms normally, of actual trading normally on Friday it's or you know when this jobs report comes out either positive or negative it's either you know a really great reaction for the stock market or it's um, pretty negative so I think people are it's kind of I mean the stock market might, fall a little bit. So you don't
0: think it's going to tank from this?
2: I don't think it's going to tank. I mean, at least I hope not. Um, I I think think people, I think it could. I think people kind of realize though that, you know, with about 800,000 jobs furloughed right now, obviously, you know, that's not going to be a positive, um, positive number. So, and and this is going to stop when the jobs, you know, when this whole shutdown ends, obviously those jobs are going to go back, right? So, um, it's kind of like I think it would be silly if the stock market tanked, but obviously I don't really. I think to it's choose. a legitimate possibility <laughs> yeah, because we're not going to have the. And I think that people
0: are numbers. really
3: fearful right now, mm-hmm. and this is the time that you know when our stock market does tend to you know dramatically crash because people are scared; they're not yeah. willing to take risks right now because really, like we don't have anything to be confident in right now. Like our, the way the government is handling things, it's like they're supposed to be the leaders and they're supposed to be the people that you know we're looking up to to make decisions and. The fact that they haven't been able to, you know, reach an agreement, make a compromise, you know, settle, like pave the path for our country. I don't think it I don't think it leaves people feeling like, oh, like, let me invest in something right now. And also on
0: that note, ADP, which is the private employee, I guess, paycheck firm that measure that also puts out a job numbers ahead of the labor departments. Their numbers were down. They only had uh, somewhere in the 100,000 new jobs were added, which was below expectations. And yesterday on Tuesday, the second stocks were down. Just over 58 and a half points. So I want to say that, that, and that's for multiple reasons. So if it was down on an average day like that, I think that we're gonna we're in for a big wake-up call on Friday. But I want to thank you very much. Oh, did you, I, one quick thing, you have 30 seconds.
1: Oh, okay. what with the long run with this, you're going to expect um, a government rating to be lower. I just think that. That's going to come with yeah. the debt
0: ceiling. We'll see, we'll talk about that next week.
1: Yeah, just saying. So.
0: <laughs> I want to say, and before we sign, we sign off here, but I want to say that you can tomorrow on Friday, October the... October the 4th, thank you. You can listen to the next episode of The Hot Seat, which we will be dedicating entirely to demythifying Obamacare. We will have Protector Care's Pennsylvania state lead, Julia Cusick. Thank you for listening to Political Talk. We would like to thank Joel Zink, our engineer, and Karen Lowe and Willis Seidenberg, the Annenberg Radio News co-faculty advisors, for all of their help. From the Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism, I'm Max Schwartz, along with Katie Gregg and Jenna Denight. We hope to have you back next week, but in the meantime, you can reach us at politicaltalkpodcast at gmail.com and on Twitter by using the hashtag Political Talk podcast.